Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Ayers on the Road. It's Richard and Linda Ayer. We're so honored to have a chance to visit with you every week about families, about marriage, about parenting. And I think, Linda, we ought to call the show today, instead of Ours on the Road, Ours on the Beach. Yeah, we <laughs> We are so lucky. That we are in Hawaii right at this moment. We're lucky to have a son, daughter-in-law, and five grandchildren who live here on Maui. So we have come, we just flew in last night. We have a little granddaughter being baptized tomorrow, and we are so excited about being here for a few days. Well, and and don't make it sound like all fun. We're trying to finish a a book, and we have found over the years that when we really come to a book deadline, the worst place to be is at home. (laughs) So many things can interrupt you at home. At home, people know where you are. At home, phones ring and doorbells ring and people are in and out and <laughs> there's always something to do. And so you're so always... wait, wait, wait. You're saying so we came to Hawaii to be with our five grandchildren and our son and daughter-in-law? No, so no, no, no. Really quiet? The no. five grandchildren are their little diversions. They're little things that we can do when we run out of juice and we can't ride anymore and we need a little break right right exactly but we are headed for the beach and uh, I'm gonna have to find a palm tree so I can read my screen but other than that we are so excited to be here and to be with you this morning hey I just saw one of the grandkids poke her head out is that you Elsie come over here for a minute here's Elsie who's just gonna come and say hello Elsie's (laughs) (laughs) what are you gonna do today Elsie Elsie is homeschooling this year until she goes to junior high next year or middle school or whatever she decides. But anyway, she is an artist. You would be amazed at what this girl can do with her hands and her eyes and her brain. She's so incredible. Before you go work to work on your homework, Elsie, what do you want to say about homeschooling? Do you like it? Yeah, I love it. What do you like best about it? Um, I love doing my work at my own pace and... Well, pretty much not having to wait for the rest of my class finish their work. <laughs> That's All a good right. reason. That's a good reason. Well, you get in there and go to work on your homework right All now. All right. Thank you, Elsie. <laughs> Thanks, Elsie. So anyway, we're here. We just want to paint the complete picture. We're really here to work. Somebody has to here to have fun, Linda. We're here to work on this book. Right. Uh, we're sitting here with a vase, and in the vase is the top of a pineapple, which there is going to grow into something beautiful, I think. These, this family is quite incredible. It is always a joy to come here because we're so inspired. Um, they have been living on Maui for many years now, but they're just based here. They just got back from New Zealand um, for a month, and uh, I I can't even tell you all. Well, they kind of feel they, they kind on. of feel. I think would it be fair to say that their motto is "Never let school interfere with your children's education." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they think education is travel and experience, and it's a kind of a great thing. But but that leads in Linda to the topic for today. Um, this book we're working on. We're not sure what the title is going to be yet, but it's essentially about trying to draw down some spiritual help or some 
some beyond the world divine intervention kind of help, at least inspiration into our parenting and into what we do. And so we're, we're working hard on that book and our minds are on it, but we're going to broaden that topic a little for today's topic and, and just call this show Getting Help. And you know, here's the thing. We live in a world, just in our minds, there's no question that this is the most difficult time to raise children that has ever been. Now, some would argue and say, oh, it's always been hard and there were different challenges and it's just a different kind of hard. But we're convinced that with the internet and with technology and with social media and with all the distractions and with all the cultures that swirl around our children today, from the celebrity culture to the media culture to the internet culture, it, there, there's just never been a harder time. And, and we feel like the best parents we meet are not the ones who are fiercely independent and who say, I can do it on my own. I have the power to raise these kids. I have the ability. The parents who do the best, actually, I think we would say, Linda, correct me if I say this wrong, but they're the parents who recognize that they need help. They need help from neighbors. They need help from their church. They need help from any support mechanism they can find. Sometimes they need help from professional counselors and therapists, particularly for their marriage, but also sometimes for their relationship with their children. Children. And they also acknowledge the need for some kind of spiritual help, some kind of guidance, some kind of inspiration that lets them see the bigger picture and really do what their children need. So the bottom line is the best parents are the ones who acknowledge that they can't do it by themselves. You know, um, what you said a few minutes ago reminded me that, you know, when my dad grew up, and my dad, believe it or not, was born in 1892. Now, that was a long time ago. My mom, 1905, she was uh, 13 years younger than him. But He must have been about 70 when you were born then because you're so young. <laughs> well, he was kind of old, but not that old. But anyway, you know, it's amazing because they both grew up on farms and their their work ethic was amazing it was so hard physically for those kids physically incredibly hard and now for our children who are living in today's world it's emotionally hard and socially hard um i don't know how many of you uh, know colin karchner or heard of him but we've had many of our kids and our their parents involved in, in seminars with him and he is just saying that the internet is well, not the internet, social media, social primarily media. Yeah, social, social media. media. Of course, and we love the internet. What would we do without it? Well, we wouldn't be on the radio talking That's to you today. That's for sure. But it is really a whole different thing. Just as you were saying, it's a different world, and it's kind of getting scary. And, and, and here's the thing. I mean, we want to drive home this point and refer back to it as we go along today. Seeking help and wanting help and feeling vulnerable, feeling you need help, feeling that you can't raise these kids by your by yourself without help is not a weakness that's a strength that that's what i'm trying to say is that the parents who we respect most and who who seem to be making the most progress and doing the best overall job not that they're without problems because that's the very point is they're 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 finding help for their problems but they're they're not the people in denial. They're not the people who say, "Oh, my kids are fine. Oh, everything's fine with my family. I don't have any. You know, I we're good. We're good." 
it's the ones who say no we're not good we need help we we each each child has issues each our marriage has issues we need to you know figure out how to how to make this work and in fact i was just re- i mean you, you you run into this in different places i was just reading an interview with michelle obama and and one of her main points she was trying to make in this interview was uh well and she was bold enough to be personal and vulnerable about it she said look barack and i have had marriage issues and we have sought professional help we don't think we're above that we think that every marriage has its rocky times and you need to be smart enough to recognize when you need the expertise of someone who knows more than you do about that particular issue and so we're talking about finding help in various ways in collective ways by saying hey i need a church or i need a support group or i need a mother's group or a dad's group i i need groups to sort of support the values i'm trying to teach my children i need i need uncles or aunts or sometimes good friends who can sometimes get a message across to one of my kids better than i can i need professional help perhaps in my marriage and i need some divine help from whatever i perceive god to be now this is not a religious show necessarily but we do know that over 90% of americans believe in some kind of a a supreme being and most of those 90% believe that prayer can work and so the best parents pray about their children let's just be blunt about it absolutely i i was also thinking that you know one of our big problems for our kids right now is they have too much and they don't have to struggle for anything anymore um is everything is just given to them helicopter parenting is is really a problem because we don't want our kids to fail and so we do anything we can to help them not fail but we're not helping them we are making it worse for them because they don't know how to struggle. And I, we have a daughter who was just so concerned about that. This week she just wrote a magnificent letter of like, how can I be more hands-off with my kids? How can I let them struggle? How can I make myself not take uh, the lunch down to them when they forgot their lunch at school and let them go hungry and let them know the next day they better remember? Um I mean, that's just a small, well, a tiny a, bit, but it's kind of, you know, the way it goes with it, our it's parenting. It's interesting how you combined two issues there, because they really are one issue in, in a way. There's the issue of entitlement, right, which kids right. feel entitled to have whatever they want, have it now, have whatever their friends have it, not have to work for it, not have to wait for it, and so on. And that's at epidemic proportions. And, but, but also that's exacerbated by the sort of helicopter parenting thing by the parents who want to do everything and be involved with everything and hover over them all the time and and control everything they do and so on and make it easier for them well and really and take away their free agency (laughs) in a lot of cases i mean they just say you know really we really want our child to be this way and this way and so we're going to make sure that happens and it destroys their free agency. Uh, they sometimes have to make bad decisions and then figure out life from there. But it is really hard. So we're going to take a brief break and, and, and just maybe you can be thinking about the whole tone of, of the show today and the idea that, uh, you know, 
kids need to struggle. Kids need to earn and find their own way. Parents need to facilitate that. Parents need to go along this spectrum, this whole, we'll get into this more after the break, Linda, the idea that when children are young, when they're babies, obviously the parents manage them and control them and, 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 and provide all the things that they need. And then there's this long spectrum as they grow up. Let's, let's imagine the spectrums from a baby up until age 18 when the child leaves for college. How does, how does it evolve and how does the child over the course of that time gradually get more decision-making ability, more independence, more ability to make his own choices and so on? And how do you as a parent gradually shift from being the manager to being the consultant? And, and what help do you need along the way? And where do you look for help? Ask yourself that question during the break. Where do you go for help in raising your children? We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. We're talking today about, if you're just joining us, about getting help. And, you know, speaking of just joining us, we met someone who actually is listening to the radio show last week. <laughs> she said, oh, I listen Come to Come on, we week. meet every day. It's people so flood us. nice to know that there's somebody out there. I mean, every once in a while people do that. But, but thanks to those of you who are listening in. We really enjoy being with you. So we're going to talk about... Um, Getting help. Boy, we all just need help with our kids, with our marriages. It is just one of those things where you sometimes just throw up your hands like, where do I turn? What do I, where do I go? And, and it's a real problem, especially in the church that we happen to belong to, Linda, that people don't want to admit they need help. Sometimes it's just, it's really, we all, we're all, I guess it's just human nature to sort of put on a good front and act like everything's fine. And and when someone says, how's it going? Our tendency is, oh, it's fine. It's going great. And it's almost, almost an anathema to us to say, well, actually, if you want to know, I'm really worried about some things. <laughs> and I'm not suggesting you just go around as a, as a droopy person who's exposing all of your flaws and needs to everyone you meet and be sure you don't exactly you're not exactly truthful when somebody says how are you and you're absolutely dying (laughs) but um i i do think that we sometimes miss and i know a lot of our listeners don't miss this they're wonderful at this but we miss opportunities to pray and find out what we can do and the problem is it is amazing to me when I have a morning prayer and say, please manifest to me somebody in my family that really needs help right now, a name pops into my mind inevitably. Call somebody or send somebody a little note or something if I listen. Well, and that's almost a luxury for a lot of parents, Linda. I mean, the, the days when you can say, hey, let me know someone who needs help, that's, that's kind of a great day because usually for parents... You wake up and the question is more, which of all the people who needs help should I concentrate on most today? (laughs) Well, there's that too, Because there's problems going all all around us. And I guess kind of what we're saying is, you know, the old old adage of a positive, I have a positive can-do attitude. What we're really kind of saying is 
it's it's kind of neater to have a positive can't do attitude. Like I can't do it on my own. I I, I just admire parents, and we certainly have been this way over the years, Linda, out of necessity. Uh, I admire parents who say, you know, I really do need help. I can't do it. I'm struggling. This this is hard. Raising these kids is really really difficult. And sometimes what happens is it's like we've mentioned on the show before our sort of our favorite quote from Abraham Lincoln who once said there are times when I am driven to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I have nowhere else to go and I think a lot of us feel that as parents there are times when you're confronting a problem with a child or you're frustrated about your inability to help a a certain child or or maybe within your own marriage, an impasse that you've come to. And, you know, there are times when you're you're driven to your knees. There's nowhere else to go. And actually, that is a great thing <clears throat> because that's where the ultimate help will come from. So in this book we're working on, we've been trying to grapple with how does that inspiration come to us? When we ask, we know one thing. It starts with asking. It starts with a question. Yes, and it and it ends with listening because so often don't we just, oh, please help me. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And then we jump in bed and go to sleep. And we don't yeah, listen. I we mean, don't listen. You know, our friend Stephen Covey used to say that really you should listen 40% of the time that you're praying. You should just, you know... Just be quiet. Share with the Lord what you're thinking and then listen and be quiet and listen. And I think we don't do that enough because the help is there. I mean, not instantly, maybe. Sometimes it takes years to go through a really tough thing. We know there's a lot of variety among those of you who listen to this show and, and different ways that you pray, and some may not pray at all. I guess I feel, Linda, like the most, sometimes the most effectual and specific prayers are a prayer from a parent to God. I mean, we call God Heavenly Father. He's the real parent. And so there's something very natural about a, a an earthly parent praying to a heavenly parent and essentially saying, I need help. You know more about this, your child, than I do. And, you know, the, the whole idea, the whole construct of God as a parent sort of empowers you as a parent to ask him for help and 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 even little kids get that i don't i don't know if i've ever told on the show i don't think i have one of the funniest experiences but also most meaningful experiences i ever had was one day when our little five-year-old charity our youngest child on a sunday afternoon came came in and, and got right in my face we'd been at church that morning looked me right in the eye and said you're not really my daddy and I'm like, what? What did you say? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, my Sunday school teacher told me that Heavenly Father's our real daddy, and so you're just my brother, she says. <laughs> and then she thinks for a minute, and she says, and I've been thinking about it, and I actually think you're my little brother. I'm your oldest, I'm older than you. I'm an older sister. And I I'm have like, a big what? Sister, yeah. And she said something about how the Sunday school teacher had said maybe God saved his most mature spirits to come most later valued. or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so funny in a way, but, but you've all had that experience as parents. You look at a child, maybe a baby, 
and you have a feeling this is an old spirit. This is a, yeah, absolutely. That is so true. So the point is, what could be more natural than saying, hey, Heavenly Father or God, however you pray, I need help with this. I'm the babysitter here. You're the real parent. What do I do? How do I, how do I get over this problem? And don't you think, Linda, the more specific you can be with your question, the more specific an answer you'll get. It's sort of the question is always the beginning of potential inspiration. Yeah, our daughter said something really fun the other day. We were talking about this because we've been thinking about this so much. And and we were talking about asking and, and how we can get answers and asking and getting answers. And she's saying, God is not a vending machine. You can't <laughs> just stick in your problem and it just comes out. I mean, out, you've yeah. got to work at it. You've got to really work at it. And it really is true. Although... You know, sometimes inspiration comes on the moment. We had the cutest story from one of our daughters-in-law who lives in New York City at a five-story walk-up with three little kids. And she was uh, just trying to get him to eat. Just trying to get him to eat. And um, it just she said, we go into monkey land during eating time. And I tell him a story. And then I say, we're not going to find the next clue until you take this bite. And I mean, she's just cajoling them to eat. And they're just little kids. And she said, uh, suddenly this inspiration just came to me because she'd been reading the Book of Mormon. And for those of you who are not LDS listening, our our prophet uh, asked us to read the Book of Mormon by Christmas. And everybody was scrambling around reading and reading. She'd been reading the scriptures. And so suddenly she thought, why am I talking about monkey land? Let's talk about boats shaped like dishes and she gets out the scripture and start to and for those of you who haven't read it you won't get this but it was so fun because she got the scriptures out she started reading with the kids and they got excited about what about this and what about this and they ate all their food (laughs) so so this whole thing then of um of questions another quote we heard that was kind of i'm still thinking about this because you can you can take it on a lot of different levels a good question is like the hook on the end of a fishing pole. So you're fishing for something. You're trying to you're trying to find an answer. You're seeking, you're fishing, you're you're looking, you're asking. And and the question, a well framed question is like the hook on the end of the fishing pole. It's, I love it's that. what pulls the answer down. It pulls it in. I love that. And we don't ask good enough questions and it, to teach our children how to ask questions is such a valuable um, art and it does get you some answers that you may not expect. It is really fun. Yeah, it's, uh, someone said the other day, and I so much agree with this that we live in a world where answers are a dime a dozen. I mean, you can Google and get all the answers you want all day long. They're just there. Answers are out there. Some are good, some are bad. They're just answers, answers, Everywhere. answers. But a really well phrased question that's the art, that's the thing that's missing. And so when we have a worry with our kids, if we just if we if we just go to our friends and say I need help with my kids, or or we go to our church and say I I don't know what to do with this kid, or we we pray to God and say what do I do? That's so general. <clears throat> but if we think the more thought you've put into it, to where you refine it down, you know the real thing I need help with is that this child, and then you get into something very clear and very specific. In other words, you you refine what it is you're looking for and what the question is. Then the answers begin to come as you pray about them or as you meditate about them, as you think about them. I was talking to a friend yesterday who 
said she loves questioning her grandchildren and she learns so much when she has the questions in her mind that she's going to ask them. And, and then they, she challenges them to ask questions to each other. So it's kind of a game. I mean, rather than monopoly, this is a question game, and, but it's about their lives. And she said, you know, we start out with things like, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would it be? And that's kind of, um, kind of enlightening. But then you, if you could be any superpower you wanted to be, who would you be? And why? And talk about that. But then, like, what is the best thing that happened to you last summer? Um, what taught you the most? And then that requires some thought. Or when, and, you're, when you're worried, what is it you're worrying about? Or what are you scared of? Right. You know? And we've told this story before. What would you never do? What would yeah. you never do? Yeah. And uh, I, I don't if you haven't heard that, I don't know, but we just have a granddaughter who Richard asked her what she would never do expecting you know, drugs and alcohol and so on. And she said, I would never ride a bike naked in public. And I'm like, oh, what? She says, I was in San Francisco last year and we saw a parade and there was a guy on a bike naked and right then and there I decided I would never do that. I mean, we, you know, but, unless you ask the question, you never know well, how that So, so you're but, actually making an interesting point, Linda, that, that we ask I mean, a question's magical in whatever direction it goes. It's magical when you ask it to children because it reveals things about them. But it's even more magical when you ask it to God and when you actually um, become specific in your prayer and you're able essentially to say in a prayer, I have thought about this a lot and here's the, here's what I think is the answer. Here's the question that I need help on. And it seems to draw down more specific inspiration and and so again i just want to go back to where we started today be the kind of parent that acknowledges the need for help and and start thinking about all the different resources you have to get that help some of the moms we know linda are who are right in the thick of their parenting right now have have formed little mothers groups and basically what they do is they share with each other the issues they have the problems they have and they won't all have the same issues, but another mother may look at that and say, yeah, I think I think I have an idea for that. I think I, I have help. So you seek help from your peers. You seek it from your church or your support group. You seek it from um, experts or therapists if it's serious and if you think that it's an issue that that kind of help would, would be valuable. And you seek it from God. And you become a whole, it's a whole new paradigm where you're saying, I, my goal is to raise these kids and to do the best job I can, but I can't do it alone. And I'm going to be consciously looking for help all along the way. And the help comes when you ask questions. Give that a thought this week. Um, we really appreciate your being with us today, whether you're in the car or cleaning the garage or whatever you're doing, we do appreciate you. But we do also know how important it is to get help. Think about that this week. And join us next time for Ayers on the Beach. Oh, I, I mean Ayers on the Road. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye.